What's up, everyone? November 6, 2018. Welcome in to Washington Football Crunch. I am Micah Chen, and joining me as always is Dogman's Luke Monger and Kook Fan's Jackson Garner. Washington State with a 19-13 win over Cal. It was a good game. Uh, I would even I would even say it was better than uh, the WSU, sorry, the UW versus Stanford game because this one was a lot more seesaw. It was a lot more back and forth. UW felt like a you know more of a tale of two halves. And a uh, mm-hmm. great crowd yeah. on hand, great crowd on hand in Pullman. You know, Garner Minshew, he had a he had a I mean he had a bad game, let's be honest, guys. Three hundred thirty four yards, seventy percent completion percentage. I mean he was one touchdown, one interception. That (laughs) that's uh, that's that's what's great is because that's what our standard for a bad game for him is. Yeah, yeah, obviously I'm just three hundred thirty yards and one touchdown. Yeah. No, no, no. <clears throat> but I think it was I think it was a fun game for like kind of like all the wrong reasons, which is kind of why that's kind of what like makes college football great is like it's exciting because people make mistakes. But like it, it was a game just chocked full of just, you know, ridiculous plays one after another. And that's kind of what made it exciting. It wasn't as if uh, WSU was shooting themselves in the foot <clears> constantly, <throat> you know, throwing out uh, careless interceptions or just like getting overpowered in the run game. You know, Patrick Lair had his moments where he's able to break some long ones and, you know, third and shorts kind of you know, overpowering WSU's mm-hmm. defense. You know, this team, uh, they have every right to be... Because, like, we all talk about in the preseason, this team, is, they're, they're, gonna, they're not going to come out with a lot of energy, and they don't really have a chance to uh, go far in the, in, the Pac, in the Pac-12 North, and definitely not competing for, uh, you know, a big-time bowl game, but... They're very humble right now. You know, I don't hear anything about them saying we proved you wrong. Yeah. Uh, Gardner Minshew saying that it's it's us versus the world. They're just saying, hey, we're hey we're having fun with it. And as long as we get the win, doesn't really matter uh, what the outside perception. Well, I, I I would say there is kind of a, a wazoo versus the world, and I have I have seen some of the players go to Twitter ex- yes. exactly saying just that wazoo versus the world. Who are some of those <clears> players <throat> that are saying that right now? Uh oh gosh, I I know. Are, are a they, lot of them. The, is it like DB that fumbled out the back of the end zone? Tweeted something. Oh, oh no! The he, Willie Taylor, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No, he also his his tweet to ESPN that that showed his his fumble was was pretty funny too. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. That's what the one yeah. I was referring to. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and I mean, like, like quote, like people players are saying wazoo versus the world. Oh gosh. So I, but I mean, I haven't heard too much of that. Yeah, I mean, if it's, I mean it's, it's quiet. That that's that's. It's, it's not necessarily like it's not taking the headlines. That's well, for sure. If it's somebody like if it's a Mike Leach or a Garner Minshew or like a um, the James Williams type, mm-hmm. that will that's something that will draw the ire, make people kind of turn their heads. But uh, if it's the the safety or the number five receiver, uh, that that's just that's just fun. Yeah. Know? Well, I, but uh, no, I think spokespeople for the team. I think right what now. where it comes from is kind of like. WSU feels like it's it's being cheated on on some of these some of these bad calls, which you know some of them I agree with, some of them I don't necessarily agree with. I thought you know a lot of people were complaining about the the pass interference calls at Stanford. I thought all four that JJ Arcega Whiteside drew were pass interference calls. Um, you know, some a little less obvious than others, but I thought all four of them were pass interference. So I, I, you know, there's some of the, some of it I agree with. And so like, like the Dom civils targeting, like that was, that was ridiculous. That was unequivocally ridiculous. And, and there's, there's no real proof to say that that was a targeting. You don't, that, you don't that think that targeting. He, he was hitting. Cause like, it, it looked like he got good helmet on helmet contact. I mean, it looked like a pretty, uh, pretty obvious kind of, you know, he hit, he hit him in the head. He was defenseless. 
and the, not the, no, but, but by the photo, did. yeah, right. But the, but the photo that Silva's uh, Silva's posted on uh, Twitter was it was after he hit him. It was like it was like uh, it wasn't initially when he hit him right in the helmet. Yeah, no, no, and I I understand that 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 picture was taken kind of like it, as he was bringing him down. But yeah, even right. the hit, the hit itself, I mean. He hardly comes close it, it, to his helmet. It definitely helmet. wasn't objection worthy. Well, I, I I don't like. That. It I don't was like not objection. Well, the, the, yeah. issue, the issue then is the rule. But then you look at like the, the Jalen Johnson targeting against Oregon, and it's the same thing. You know, yeah. it's like well, no, absolutely. The crown of his helmet was down, whether or not it was near his helmet, and unfortunately, that's just the rule. Is kind of how I, I I feel. Yeah, on that. But I also think that that the rule is is far too arbitrary. You know, like we're seeing things that yeah. that are clearly targeting that that aren't being called and, and then stuff that it's like well, okay it feels like it even needs to be sorry about that you, no no no, no. Uh, I, I go for it uh, sorry <laughs> I, I, I just gonna say, part of me feels like it, it there needs to be more of an arbitrary part like element to it what kind of like micah was saying like maybe by the letter of the law that's a targeting but it's definitely not like he was he had any malicious intent and therefore mm-hmm. shouldn't be tossed you know yeah i think that would be an interesting kind of wrinkle i mean obviously it would be hard and you wouldn't want to be the first ref to like accidentally allow a player to keep playing who had a really just vicious yeah. call. But at the same time, I mean, like if someone just like, if that's just kind of how the football, like or how, like, I don't know, it's a football play. And then like, it, yeah, that's how, it, that's how things, the, the play like when you're in progresses. a telephone booth, things like go quick, you know? And, and it's hard to be like, Oh yeah. shoot. Like in, in a split second, I'm going to like pull my head out of this and make sure my strike zone is lower and all this stuff. It's a lot harder to do than it, it is to say. Yeah, so in, in the preseason, yeah, in the preseason, making that rule, it sounds like they want to make a statement. You know, if you hit somebody in the helmet, we're really trying to take down these type of hits, so you're going to get ejected. And it like, it made sense in the preseason until you actually see it in action, and you're seeing players that are innocent for the most part. You know, they they slip up and um, they're not making the adjustments. You know, that's that's the way that you played. I mean, in 2009, 2010, players. I mean, that was the, that. You watch any YouTube big time hits, they're all defenseless receivers basically getting paralyzed out Bone there. crushing like, hits, yeah. Ray Lewis and yeah. and uh and like Which I, Patrick you know, Willis. I'm totally for I'm totally for getting away with those. I just think that the targeting rule can't be like undeniably you're throwing this guy out. Like it, there should be like like you said, Luke, there should be a level like a level of arbitration there where it's like, okay, you know, we can maybe Perhaps that's a 15-yard penalty because we're trying to eliminate that from the game. But to throw him out of the game for a hit like that, uh, you know, relatively, with, his his head is in his chest. With the benefit of instant replay, you can decipher between... And here's what the standard should be. Could this go into a viral YouTube highlight tape? If yes, ejection. If it's just something that like will be forgotten about in a few days and n- not going to result in a concussion for the receiver... That's when you just make it a 15-yard penalty and everybody moves on. Yeah, and then that's what, you know, my problem, because that went back to review and was confirmed. Like, they looked at that play again and were like, yep, right, and, and, that's but, targeting. But according to the rule, that is targeting. So it, it, there, there was no ability to decide between a level one or a level two uh, helmet-to-helmet contact. It was all, if it's, if it's the description, this is our job, we're paid to, do, we're paid to make these calls. Yeah. And we're gonna follow through with it right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough either way you look at it. So WSU's offense, uh, they 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 got off to a hot start, you know, getting take getting off to an early lead, uh, but only a couple field goals until late fourth quarter. 
And uh, Gardner Minshew was making completions, but they weren't able to finish drives. Yeah. Would, you, would you say it was more just the running game wasn't following suit, or it, it no, part no? Of it I was... really think I really think it was the, the red zone efficiency that that really fell apart. Um, because and this is you know an interesting nugget right here that that for teams that have gone that have forty or more red zone trips, WSU leads the nation and before this game it wasn't even close um they led the nation scoring touchdowns in the red zone to 84 percent with an 84 percent success rate which was without a doubt leading the nation uh for for teams that have 40 or more appearances in the red zone after this game or in this game they only converted red zone appearances for touchdowns to 40 percent. so that number got cut by more than half so that's that's where you're you're looking at and you're having most of because they got they they went they got into the red zone five times, two of which they kicked field goals, two of which they they scored touchdowns, and then the other one was a, a missed field goal. And then so you you consider okay, well if they do convert to what where they have been right around that eighty percent success rate, that's fourteen more points on the board, <laughs> including uh, a ridiculous fumble for. a that should have been a pick six. I mean, that's, you know, that's 21 points you've left off the board right there. Um, Absolutely. And, and this and, game isn't, and this game isn't even close. And we're not even having this conversation. The number of uh, first downs that Cal got based off of penalties on WSU's defense, you cut that number in half as well. Yeah. You probably, you probably take a field goal off the board for Cal. Cause I mean, those, those yeah. extended drives and constantly gave them uh, a lot of life and they were running the ball. So time of possession was a big part of uh, Cal's ability to keep it a close game. And uh, and but sometimes yeah. like the the sheer number of those uh, you know corner fade routes that WSU was succeeding on uh, throughout the season, they're not always going to complete. You know, it's it's not always going to be able to. Well, be- I mean, t- you know, until it stops working, <laughs> keep keep going to it. And I think for for further proof, you know, you're you're bringing up kind of that first down. How many first downs they're getting? You know, WSU, I th- they got 25 first downs in that game, which is about a f- roughly like a f- a full first down. Or no, no, I think roughly two first downs ahead of their average against conference opponents. So like the offense was not the issue here. They were moving the ball just as well as they had. And, and I think they were, you know, just a little bit under their average uh, yards per game against conference opponents. But relatively, they were right in line with how they've been playing. Now, we've been talking about all season, Washington State building up a resume to make a case to make the college football playoffs, and they're going to need a lot of help, and a win over UW is not going to be easy. But do you think a game like this, do you think it helps or hurts Washington State's case to make the football playoffs? Yeah, I, I don't think this game in particular did did a whole lot. I think it, it definitely sides more towards helping, and I think uh, also, you know, college football playoffs, Gardner Minshew, Heisman Canacy, I think it inches it along. I don't think it, it you know, gives overwhelming, uh, you know, overwhelming evidence to to keep them moving ahead and i I think that showed you know stay stayed put in the ap polls i think they moved up one spot in the coaches poll um but yeah so i you know i don't think it it's you know overwhelming evidence definitely the, the for the college football playoffs to work out it's you know obviously their wcu has has to win out they got to go win a conference championship and and they gotta they gotta win the rest of their games, but they also need a lot of other things to happen. They're gonna need yeah. a, a Syracuse to go beat Notre Dame. They're gonna <laughs> need you, you know Alabama to to overwhelmingly beat Georgia in the SEC conference championship. Well, you know, 
and w- which I, you know, I feel feel pretty good about that. But uh, th- you know, there's other stuff that that needs to happen. Uh, a Michigan, a Michigan loss that would certainly help. Um, so a lot of really, really good teams have to lose, and and that's kind of the yeah. situation of the matter. But in terms of setting themselves up for a New Year's Six bowl. They're looking really good. I feel like the unfortunate thing for being Washington State, even though you've had the game day experience and now you're a top 10 team with a quarterback in the Heisman race in some capacity, um, I don't think there's a lot that Washington State can do for themselves to further themselves kind of in the rankings. Just a lot has to happen ahead of them. And the good news is that a lot will happen because like you just look at teams going into the college football playoff rankings haven't come out as of the recording of this podcast, right? But you look at the teams yeah. ahead of them. No, they haven't. Uh, right now, you've got Bama, LSU, and Georgia, right? LSU lost. LSU, right? yeah, LSU and falls Bama, out of that. Bama and so. Georgia are going to play each other. And uh, mm-hmm. you just assume that Bama takes care of business, right? And then you look, yeah. Notre Dame feels like they're about to lose every single week. So I can't wait for them to finally do that soon. It's yeah. um, <laughs> Only a yeah. matter of time. The issue with Michigan is if Michigan loses, it's probably going to be to Ohio State, and then Ohio State would probably do a little flip-flop then thing. Then jump, but yeah. Oklahoma yeah, lost. Yeah, exactly. Oklahoma lost, but then you, you start to look, and it's like you've got Bama-Clemson, which you feel pretty good about making it, right? But then LSU uh, has lost. Georgia inevitably will lose to Bama, right? Oklahoma's gone. Mm-hmm. So it's really right now, it's what feels like it's going to either be Washington State or Notre Dame, or yeah. Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, so, well, and I think what's also positive, and we kind of learned this when when UW went to the college football playoffs, is the committee really does want to get representation from sure. all the Power Five conferences. Obviously, it can't happen, but if it does work itself out, where it's like, okay, we're on the fringe of taking a second SEC team, or we're looking at taking a Pac-12 team, like. The history has shown that they're going to take they're going to take the other conference and not trying yeah. to have when when there, when there's not you know overwhelming evidence to have two teams in the college football playoffs. No, yeah, I think that's 100 percent the case. And, and the, the good thing about the yeah. college football playoff selection committee is that it's like kind of heterogeneous in terms of who's in it and where they're from. Like you have Tyrone mm-hmm. Willingham who coached at UW and Stanford. Like that's going to be an advocate for the Pac-12. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Later on the show, we're going to give our early Apple Cup predictions. I I don't know if you guys know that or not, but <laughs> nope. uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give <laughs> was, uh, was our uninformed. Thoughts, our early thoughts. Well, Hundreds well, zero. I, I I put I put in the script, guys. Uh, how do we see the Pac-12 North ending up? Which is oh, kind of a spoiler for hey. okay. Like, well, <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair so, enough. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that UW football. Uh, some news on them right now. Trey Adams announced. Uh, well, he's going to come back for a senior season. Uh, he's gonna. Because he is going to retro this year. That's that's at least the plan. To, then, yeah, right. Well, I mean, he, he, either way, he can retro this season, and uh, and he'll, yes. he'll still be uh, he'll still be okay to yeah. go next year. I, I would just say, do you think he do you think he stays true to that? I don't know. So I mean, it depends. I mean, if he, if he comes, a lot of it will also depend on how Washington does. Like if Washington loses the Apple Cup and then the Huskies play in the Holiday Bowl, um, I think that would almost make it inevitable for Trey to stay just by kind of like the case that the name value you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like obviously he he had name value two years ago I think he would have to play again on like the big big stage to uh to jump back into the oh yeah I forgot about this 6'8 315 left tackle that moves like a power forward (laughs) you know so uh 
it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I can't imagine, like, I see two things. First, I can't imagine Trey Adams, who has who tore his ACL and then had back surgery, uh, getting, like, a third-round plus draft grade, like a day two or higher draft grade, and being like, you know what, I'm going to roll the dice again. Um, yeah. On the other hand, I can't see very many NFL teams being like, oh, yeah, this guy's played four games in the last, like, 20 months. That's, you know, like... Yeah. Well, I mean, I could see like, uh, you know, to that same to that same, you know, the other side of the token of that. Is there an NFL team that sees the potential? And obviously there's a whole lot of potential in Trey Adams to say, we're going to let that go. We're going to let that guy go below the fourth round, like being a third to fourth round draft. You know, that's still. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think. Yeah, still you're still in the NFL. For sure. But like, I I, I don't know. I mean, but you look at like teams, the NFL is weird, like in college basketball. College basketball, you go to the draft, and if you're not a lottery pick, like odds are you're not going to do anything in the N- or in the NBA. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, like if you're drafting the first three rounds, like you're expected to be a factor year one, at least is yeah. special teams, yeah, at, like special depth. teams at the very least, you know, like and then you start to yeah, like depth, yeah, rotational, rotational stuff yeah. like that, and then obviously on the offensive line, it's different, um, but like I don't know, I think well, Trey Adams at has the to right remind, line at the right lineman get hurt exactly. <laughs> Like how often linemen get hurt these True. days? Trey Adams definitely is 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 going to be a factor. Well, I, mean, I, I just going to say I know, but there, like, you really like. I, I think Trey really has to remind people of how good he is and how much potential and upside he has. And then then the other thing is, is like, he tore his ACL, and he's a big big man. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's not easy to come back. From. Like, who knows if he yeah, is no, as good definitely. of a mover as he was in the past. Like, I, I'm not as concerned Running about Running a 40 into high five. You no, know, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not, that's not to say he won't, <laughs> like, recover strong. I, I'm confident that he will. But I, I think that he, he has an uphill battle to prove, at least right now, that after three or four games of playing time after two pretty serious injuries, that he's worth taking, like, a day two or higher draft pick on. Uh but I don't doubt that he's that talented. And if he stayed for a senior year, he at least has the upside to prove, hey, I'm really, really good. Take me in the first round again. Yeah. No, definitely. And I, I totally understand that point. But to be fair, if you're a Husky fan, you couldn't be that surprised no. if Trey Adams says, you know, I thought that I, I was going to come back, but people in my camp are saying, you know, I'm a third to fourth round guy. That's still, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I want no, to move honestly, on. So, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it, if he flipped his this commitment. Is 0% speculation or anything like that. This is just like, I think if you're a Husky fan, you kind of have to prepare to not have Trey next year, you know, like. I think that mm-hmm. there's that he's he's so talented, and uh, he's already experienced like he's already experienced how quickly a first round draft grade can disappear from you. Uh, I yeah. don't know how like loose handed he'll be with a third round draft grade, and if he gets that, I would be sort of yeah. surprised if he didn't take it. But you know, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. So so UW had a good game against Stanford. Uh, Jake Browning he came on angry, but yeah. then cooled off a little bit. In fact, the whole offense. Yes. Uh, the only thing that was really consistent throughout the game uh, was Miles Gaskin, and that's what you needed. You yes. needed that boost. And honestly, if he doesn't play in this game, Utah probably nope, doesn't win this game. They probably aren't able to run the ball the same as they would with Savon Ahmed or Kamara. No, Pleasant. 100% not. Miles Gaskin uh, was absolutely enormous for the Huskies. Uh, they, they did not waste time easing him back into it. 28 carries against Stanford is, is a tall order. Miles Gaskin was ready for it. 
uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the Huskies came out really dynamic, and I think that, like, they obviously had a point to prove, but I was just impressed with, like, just, like, it, it, it wasn't, like, circusy, but it was it was dynamic, and it was creative, I'd say, what they were doing, you know? Like, they were throwing screen passes, and they were running outside the tackles, and they were pushing tempo and stuff like that, I think. And this, obviously, like, I, I hate questioning play calling uh, because every play is designed to, at the very least, move the chains or score a touchdown. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't call a play to not be productive. So, and you have to execute the play that's called. So, I, I'm always kind of hesitant to rag on play calling. But I did think that it almost felt when the Huskies had that 21-0 lead going into the second half that they got almost, like, nfl with how they were calling the plays. Like, Bush obviously coached in the NFL last year mm-hmm. with Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. Where it's just like, all right, let's just bleed this out and run the ball and uh, take time off the clock. And, like, it, it, they, I think they got very conservative, which I think was obviously a big factor. Start playing, playing not yeah, to Yeah, I mean, a, little a little bit. bit. I mean, it, it, you hate to say it, but it, 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 it's kind of what it feels like, you know? When you, you, you're you kind of mm-hmm. running the ball a lot between the tackles. Obviously, with the Miles Gaskin is oftentimes a rep- recipe for success, but Stanford is still a good team, and I don't think you can get too one-dimensional against a team like that and expect to score more than six points in the second half. Clearly, they got the job done, uh, but it wasn't without a couple gray hairs. I thought the interesting thing... Uh, about the Washington Stanford game was obviously like the play of Keith Taylor, Elijah Molden and Brandon McKinney having to step up in the absence of Jordan Miller, Miles Bryant and uh, Jojo McIntosh in uh, like two things I think were learned. And I'll keep them short. First was that Washington's depth is very good and there's not a huge drop off uh, from say a Miles Bryant to an Elijah Molden or a Jordan Miller to Keith Taylor, even though was, we've seen was Miles Bryant weeks. was he hurt for this game? Yeah, he was hurt. He was yeah, because Elijah got the start and yeah, he did all right. He got beat a couple times. Well, I was but. gonna say I was gonna say the other thing is like Stanford. It was it was both Caden Smith and Colby Parkinson, their tight ends that are six five and six seven respectively. Yeah, like if you have a quarterback who can throw one hundred mile per hour fastball eleven feet in the air to a six seven tight end, there's not much a five ten nickel can do. Yeah, so, mm, five eight nickel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was very much the experience of WSU secondary. It's like right? you know, I mean, and, but why do they like? I was kind of like obviously you don't want to come out and be one dimensional, but wh- why don't they just do that all game? Like. Clearly, they can't run the ball. Bryce Love is hurt badly. He's, that offensive he is limping, line yeah. isn't what it used to be. You know, like why don't yeah. you just drop back and throw, throw jump balls to Colby Parkinson and Kane? Well, and that's what they did. Long. That's what they did against WSU and had tremendous success. I yeah, mean, they, they threw the ball forty. And it took yeah, they still s- halftime to do it, and they had four hundred yards almost in the yeah. second half. Like what are 40, you doing? Forty-three passing attempts. Yeah, I mean, like clearly that's what the offense can do, and that's how they can score. You know. It is and kind it, of it, it is a problem. It is a problem more. when the the six seven tight end is beating out uh, the five eight. You know, reaching up where Elijah literally can't reach for it. But also just generating one sack with the pass rush right now. I mean, making Costello look like he's yeah. uh, he's like Garner Minshew out there. That that can be just as much to blame the pass rush. Oh as yeah, I mean, just an off night for the secondary. Yeah, early. I thought early. I think one sack isn't super indicative of. I thought Washington's pass rush was good for the majority of the first half. In the second half, KJ Costello had a lot of time to throw. Uh, but that, again, gets to the, like, th- there's obviously the fine line between, you know Stanford is just going to be throwing the ball downfield, so do you want to drop seven into coverage? 
and then not get pass rush and then have people like be like, oh my gosh, there's no pass rush. No wonder they threw for 350 yards. Or do you want to like send four or like send five and then have people like finding space across the middle and then being like, oh my gosh, I mean, don't you know you're going to throw the ball? Like, why isn't everyone in coverage? You know, so I, I think it's kind of hard to dial it up. They couldn't find kind of the sweet spot, I didn't think. Um, and I, I don't think they really tried to. Like, like you said, I don't think Washington really was sending much more pressure. And then a lot of times, I mean, Washington's defensive success for years has been built on the fact that they could uh, generate pressure with Greg Gaines, Vita Vea, Elijah Qualls, you know. And yeah. that, that hasn't been the case this year. The defense has still obviously played fine. Uh, and it hasn't hurt as much in points as it has, I think, in time of possession and, and that sort of thing where Washington can't really just get teams off the field after three to seven offensive plays. So right now, UW is on a bye week. And then the following week, they host Oregon State. So it's essentially a double bye week. And and I know hey that now. the Hey now, hey of, now. Uh, hey, you know the there, or, yeah, or, Oregon, Oregon State is streaking Almost right USC, now. Almost USC, too. Yeah, right? Yeah. Losing losing by an average of 17 points to factual opponents, is, Oregon other State. Other than Colorado, right but I get both Washington State and USC like have been like, oh, hey now, Oregon State can't yeah. play. Let's just bury him. <laughs> You know, like yeah. in the fourth quarter. But yeah, right. That's kind of well, I mean, you know, you can't you can't overlook a team where the head coach is a former, uh, you know, the OC knows a lot of things yeah. about about what UW tries to and do. I, so on the other hand, though, Jimmy Lake can just be like, hey, like, just do- they're going to double it, shift before every play. Don't even worry about it. Like, yeah, that like, is true. You know, <laughs> like, there's there's don't give and be take. Concerned to it. when they double shift yeah. because it happens every single play. Yeah, and also Jake Lewin, I think, was named uh, Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, I don't think it was this last week, but he he was he was definitely winning some yeah. award. So you, you got WSU in, in two weeks, and yes. and and uh, during the bye week, you you, you want to let him rest a little bit. You know, Chris Peterson sure. was emphasizing that. But how do you not just like take a glance at last year's film or or see like what oh, the new guys are emerging? Like I wouldn't be surprised if they started to a little bit, especially with I a mean, new I quarterback think, right now at, at yeah. WSU. The, it's healthy, the issue, man. like you can't obviously get too comfortable, but you know a lot about Oregon State because like Jonathan Smith is a, is a Coach Peterson product, and mm-hmm. it's the offense that the team has run for the last four years. You know, so they're they're going to be at least very familiar with that component obviously there'll be wrinkles um and then like you have to know the stakes of the washington state game you're going on the road playing for the north so i I, like are they like like i would if i were a betting man i'd say they probably at least glance at washington state film maybe during the bye week you know and then obviously i think during game week they shift their focus to oregon or to wash or to yeah to oregon state and then it's grind season once uh once it, it is also yeah, a short yeah. week. It's, it's also a short week for the Apple Cup. That, so. Yeah, yeah. It's on Friday, a Friday, Friday game. That, that's another travel that's another day. Um, and you know, it's interesting. Uh, it's almost Washington State will get a little bit of a taste of their own medicine. Like Washington had to had to play leading up to the Apple Cup. Now you look. Washington has the Oregon or has the bye week. Oregon State Apple Cup, mm-hmm. uh, which is a heck of a lot easier than the at Colorado, Arizona Apple Cup schedule. Yeah. You know, that's a yeah, tough yeah. finish. That's a tough finish. The Pac- You never know what's going to happen. Like the Pac-12 South, let's hope you're not playing either Arizona or Colorado after like seven <laughs> you don't know what's going <laughs> Yeah. Fort- fortunately, that the Colorado's a 1230 that's in nice. the afternoon kickoff time. So no, no Pac-12 after dark in Boulder. 
You can so just see packed. You can just see Arizona Wazoo like an eight o'clock kickoff on the. Oh man, seventy to sixty-three. Oh, know? so packed twelve after dark. So packed twelve after dark. Man, this past weekend there was some history made in uh, Washington football uh, with the first ever uh, like almost college football style uh, seating for the high school football state tournament. So instead of like in the past where you would essentially have the top two teams matching up in the you know the round of sixteen. Because both were one was a one seed and the other was a three seed, and the crossover game happens. All of a sudden, we're playing each other in like the quarterfinals or the mm-hmm. round of sixteen. And now, uh, they they basically had like former coaches, uh, really smart guys around the state that you know have really complicated computer rankings where they I don't I don't know because it's not really a job <laughs> to them, but they they have these like formulas that are. Like I get at the college football super level, super complex, right? Very and, complex. But here's the thing: like, there's not there's not much on the line, you know. I mean, I mean, it's it's not like the college football, uh, you know, bowl games where thousands, millions of dollars in sponsorship money, and and uh, and you want to get the the appropriate teams that are yeah. you know going to make the best matchup. But anyways, they they well, made these committees now to seed these teams, and I think they did a good job with it. Fr- friend of the friend of the podcast, Rylan Spencer, a part of that. Well, camp, and, and that's and that's uh-huh. one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely part of the WAFB Crunch family. Yeah, and, uh, and talk about the slam dunk selection of like being part of the committee. I feel right, like Ryan Spencer is just like that, the yeah. perfect choice. You think yeah. that they looked at his application and went, oh, "This is not enough here. We're looking yeah. for more out of, out <laughs> yeah. of the committee." Uh, you know, a little more fifty, really fifty plus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fifty plus game high school games a season. Eh, you know, I think we could do better. They're, they're <laughs> looking at Sid on going. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Do you want youth on the committee? Do we, are we looking for a younger perspective? <laughs> like, like, I'm genuinely curious uh, if there's a more like. I think Ryland has maxed out the efficiency in terms of how many games he's traveled to. You know, I don't think like, you is could it go to more. To visit more. I it, don't think so. It's not, and 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 the reason why is that he always goes to the uh, events that are hosting three games in a row. So, say if it's a Thursday night in Spokane, and all three, basically six teams are playing at Joe Alibi Stadium. He's there, and he, and, he, and he consumes three games. And then Saturday, That's unbelievable. Uh, he goes to, like, I don't know, the the part of Washington, I, it's like the northern part where there's, like, towns called Concrete and Omak and stuff like that. Oh, and very familiar with Concrete. Have you been there before? Oh, Rylan, absolutely Rylan I have. Oh, yes, I have. Inglemore used to play, uh, like, a, a pre like, exhibition game out in Concrete where it's, like, your classic... Your quarterback is also your middle linebacker, and Definitely, also your yeah. running back, and also yeah, you know they don't have depth uh, charts on the East yeah. Concrete oh, yeah. Washington next to, to Hard Hat Washington. Or <laughs> it's got. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I definitely think that's uh, what what they what they do over there is uh, some type of like industrial work. It oh, is. Yeah. It is precisely. It is concrete. Pretty much concrete production. That is like <laughs> what. <laughs> hence, hence the name. Yeah, so. <laughs> So like when my opinion on the the new seating, first of all, brilliant idea. Uh, it's almost like the committee is betting on themselves that like they are pulling for their top four seeds, which at the at the four A level is uh, the number one seed is Union, and uh, they've had some close games, but they under undefeated on the season, and a lot of uh, people had them as number one team going in, so they haven't left that spot. And then at number two is Woodenville, and that kind of surprised me because they played a really weak ass schedule. And uh, and and strength of schedule. It's like it's whoa, I mean, you have whoa. to compare it to like uh, the top twenty five and like they they played a weak schedule. I mean like that's that's uh, half their games were like Redmond, North Creek, Inglemore, 
Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, all right. All right. Jeez. Well, hot well, hot takes over here. The, I, the, the, the Kinko Conference is the best conference top to bottom, without a doubt. There's no breaks. You don't but, get a but single break. Jackson, we talked about this. They didn't play Skyline. They didn't play East Lake. They didn't play Issaquah. Like, they didn't they, they didn't play because they, they, they split them up now. So, and then their non conference game was against like Foster. I mean, they they had a. They they're only they're literally the only marquee matchups that Woodenville had was against Bothell and then Mountside twice. Those are the only. And didn't they run they over Bothell? Uh, I think they won seventeen to ten. They were down ten oh, nothing okay. in the first half and won seventeen ten. Lost hmm. to Mountside twenty seven seventeen. So here's the thing: like I disagree with some of these rankings. I would have put Woodenville. I would have put Mountside ahead of Woodenville. I mean, Woodenville only beat Mountside sixteen to fourteen in their most recent matchup, and Mountside. Went through the ringer. I mean, I'll pull up their schedule right now. I mean, they beat literally some of the best teams in the entire state. Like, all the non-conference games, they they, they definitely max the team's potential. Uh, I just think there's something to be said about a Kinko Conference championship. Like, no one else has to play that kind of schedule. I don't care what team out in Vancouver hey, there think- is. You got two really good teams you got to play. You're probably going to go, like, one for one in those games if, if you're one of those upper echelon teams out in, in the Southwest. <laughs> but no one has to play eight very good football teams so they played skyview yeah no nah, i mean it was all right they're not conference good <laughs> yeah it so okay like see wenatchee oh wenatchee better than woodenville mm-hmm. still yeah better than woodenville still uh and and here's the thing so i was one of those people that said look if you don't like your seating uh beat the team across from you and shut the hell up because I always felt that if you lost, then you deserved that seeding because you, you were going to lose in, eventually anyways. But then I didn't factor in that the top eight teams get to host. So And that's a big mm-hmm. difference. For example, uh, Bothell uh, almost beat Woodenville, uh, beat Camus last week, Camus last week. And they were the nine seed, right? And, chi- and yeah. the, now they're going to play eight seed Chihuahua. So now they, now they have to go to the Tri-Cities instead of playing at beautiful yeah. Popkini. Yeah. And... I can understand why you might feel like you got screwed over a little bit. Because yeah, I could see. I could see there in lies maybe you know where they have to really hone it. Because I mean, like you know, one through four, it's like okay, yeah, you know, there's clearly upper echelon teams in high school football, and it's like okay, you know, whoever your one through four is, it might vary, but at least you're up there and you're playing clearly, you know, what whoever you know, twelve through twelve through sixteen is. But once you start getting in the center, that's where you really have to do your homework because, you know, who deserves to be playing a home game? Who deserves to be the eight and who deserves to be the nine? That's when it's really critical. Like one matchup that makes absolutely no sense, just as far as geographic, is Eastlake versus Gonzaga Prep. I mean, who comes up with this stuff? But, I mean, it is state tournament time. So, but in that game, like who's, because what they're saying is that Gonzaga Prep is better than Eastlake. I mean, Eastlake was like number four seed in Kinko. And G Prep was was the they won the Greater Spokane League, but they're so close to each other, and there's absolutely there's no common opponents. There's there's nothing that you could say that one team is definitively better than the other. Which is why opponents would be the best way to do that. Which is why I think you should favor a Kinko team every time because <laughs> if you're out in Spokane playing a bunch of you know a bunch of you know central east all those valleys it's like yeah okay obviously you're gonna know i didn't know we were doing this podcast with uh what's his uh with paul feinbaum (laughs) you're the the paul feinbaum of kinko i you're you're precisely right i i am i and i i have always been the record has clearly shown how big of an advocate i am of of kinko football (laughs) and its superiority to the entire state yeah, well, you know, but if if Kinko's 
far superior than what would matter if Eastlake had to travel to G Prep, and then they just smoked them anyways. You know, yeah, they're a you know, team. That they're that's that's bud. that is probably that is probably what will happen. I and in fact, I have my money on it. But I do think that you know, why is why is Gonzaga not traveling over to Eastlake? Why are they not coming to the plateau? Well, that's why I'm saying. Like, what have like, they done? What have well, they done? What they wins their, have they, they got? They won their so. conference. They won the whole shebang. I mean, they they, they so. Okay. And, and thing is, like Eastlake, and that's why I'm saying, like, what makes G Prep better than Eastlake? Because Eastlake was the four seed in Kinko, and you can, you just can't put. I mean, I don't I don't care how strong the schedule is or uh, or just the reputation of Kinko. Uh, you can't put a number four seed in the conference and put them ahead of the winners of the Greater Spokane League. So and 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 they they met at the break even point. You know, talk about eight nine Bothell and Chihuahua, and then Gonzaga Prep and East Lake are to seven ten. So there's these teams that it could go either way. I mean, Chihuahua didn't even win the Tri Cities, the, the the Mid Columbia Conference, and they're and they're going up against the number three team in Kinkos. So it's it's just little things that give the edge to uh, the team that was a little bit higher in the conference. And it's not just old computer rankings. Because if it was all computer, I mean, Kinko, yeah, you're right. It, they would just they would just dominate the top eight. What was interesting is that uh, Graham Kapowson was uh, put at six. And uh, they're going to have a chance to play Woodenville in the semifinals, which is what happened last year. So like, if we were going off of, uh, if, we, if we were going off of like what the final four is going to be, uh, Lake Stevens, Woodenville, Mount Sai, and Union would be the, according to the committee, the likely final four teams you know i really i really hope that this this seeding thing really turns into nca march madness style where it's like once state starts you can just throw out those right because we got you know 12 seeds beaten four seed like <laughs> i really hope something like that happens do, do, do you do you think that this will be like a yearly thing where like will a 16 seed ever beat a one seed because you know i hope because okay this is the 16 versus one this year skyline versus union does anybody think Skyline's going to be a pushover? Hell no. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's still, out of sixty-five teams, there's still a top sixteen teams around, and uh, and Skyline is never going to be one of these teams to walk all over. Now, between you and I, everybody listening right now, Union's going to win that game by a lot. That doesn't mean that you can't just dismiss them, like you know, because it's just it's just program. Well, it sounds like you just did, but I mean, I'm I'm, I'm certainly that, not dismissing between, Skyline. That's only between you and I and everybody listening. It wasn't between anybody else. <laughs> it's something I'm going to post on Twitter. Like I, I've been teetering on making a bracket, but uh, I'm not trying to make the entire state hate me. So, and I'm, I'm not, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna want to delete this once my bracket's busted. Yeah, That's, and then how could you? What if, what if your bracket's out of line with with your employer, Ryland, and, and then, then what happens then? Well, huh? uh, well, his his neck's already on the line because he was the one that made the freaking thing. So. <laughs> He he uh yeah. he he's already taking a lot of heat for it, but uh, also in the three A level, I want to mention that Bellevue is the fourth seed and they're undefeated this year, and I just don't understand how you can put a team that that is asinine I mean, loses once in a blue moon, and then you put them behind. Which by the way, Eastside Catholic and O'Day, I get, but Mountain View, oh, I'm taking Bellevue. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm taking Bellevue. yeah, Mountain View will they'll they'll so yeah, it's I mean O'Day versus Eastside Catholic likely to finals. Uh, Union versus Woodenville, I don't see that happening. I definitely see an, a team beating uh, Woodenville before, whether it's Puyallup, whether it's uh, sorry, whether it's Lake Stevens, or whether it's Graham Kapowson. They're definitely gonna have some heavy competition. Uh, and just for the hell of it, let's look at the two-way level right now. Uh, the number one team is 
Hawkinson. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, Hawkinson's gonna win that. <laughs> Hawkinson's gonna win that state tournament. Yeah, didn't they win like the seven on like the UW seven on yeah. seven? <laughs> yeah, they won it. Yeah. yeah they, so I mean, yeah. Well, and that's you with know. all the four A schools as well. So yeah. And then that's, at, that's awfully impressive. At the one A level, pro- I'm probably the only one that cares about that. But uh, Royal City's probably going to win it. <laughs> Ro- Royal's <laughs> gonna win. Dude, Royals—they've done a good job. They've developed a little bit of a cult following. Like. Uh, Luke, you know who Royal City is, right? You know about the Royal Knights. Yeah. Oh, of course. You've, I, I've heard only of them from you, but <laughs> <laughs> I, they have lovely gas stations. I drive by it every time I go to Pullman. It, it, it I, is a colorful gas station. Yeah. Dude, I love the, those, like, the town of Royal. And also the number two team, uh, Zilla, when you drive in, it says, Welcome to Royal, home of the 1A state champs. Like, am I, sorry, am I in a movie right now? Like, <laughs> I drive <laughs> Their municipal golf course also looks lovely. Although I've a, never, I've never dude, golfed there. I've but. always thought it was just tractors in Royal. I didn't know they had golf courses. Or oh, anything. they got, they have a nice little muni course. Yeah. Anything uh, outside of tracks, uh, out of like tractors and and land and. I'm sure they take a lot of pride in it as well. Most small towns, when they have a golf course, do. And a football team, they take pride in their football team. Yeah, yeah. that too, I guess. I, mean, but I, I was, mean, I was talking know. to one of the receivers there, and he, it's funny. He's actually getting looks from WSU. Probably, yeah. Have you heard him, Angel Farius? getting looks from WSU right now. Hmm. Well, I mean, WSU sends out their letters like crazy to receivers, but he's yeah, a receiver right all now. All schools do. And uh, and he told me that he honestly thinks that the reason why Royal is uh, on a 50-game win streak is because there's not there's not really anything to do in Royal, so everybody... And you have to do something. Like, you can't just not do anything, so everybody plays football. Everyone's just working on their fundamentals. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like... It's like <laughs> Like it's a summer... If It's summer day in Royal. Like, are you going to go to football practice, or are you just going to... Watch the watch the tumbleweeds, you know. So that's uh, <laughs> so that that's. How I'm it. sure. I'm sure that is exactly what. I'm sure everyone from Royal City listening to that was like, <laughs> "Yep, that's pretty much Royal City to a T, to a to a razor thin margin." What Micah just described. They, they just sit on the porch and watch tumbleweeds roll by. Is that that's that the well? And, and uh, this isn't me saying this, all right? This is the this is the kid that I was uh, talking to about, uh, you know, what what allows Royal to win 50 freaking games in a row and with no end in sight. I mean. 73 in their first round game they were at 56 nothing after the first quarter so not a lot of competition for them right now but that's the brackets right now and i'm pretty excited to see uh like if this becomes a regular thing and what factors go into it going forward and if they keep riling around <laughs> i think furthermore on the whole royal city if you like there should be special cases where you can move up a classification if you're that dominant yeah do you think like, they want to yeah don't you like is it really like are you are you enjoying yourself blowing every regular season team yeah, but that's your regular thing. season game out by like, seventy points? That's your gimmick, man. That's 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 you know, your like. What do you have to gain by going up to the Royal, like the home of the three A state contenders? You know. Well, no, yeah. they won't go to three A, dude. There's not even a, there's there's no three A level on the east side. It's either four A or two A. There's no there's oh, none of these point. like mid size you know, schools. You know what I mean? You're right, you're right. Well, they, I, or I feel like I feel like they're close enough. To 3A school, like, you know, there'd be a lot of traveling, sure, but, like, I feel like it wouldn't you know, be I'm, that I'm, ridiculous. I'm telling you right now, there's no team on the east side in 3A. There's no 3A division. I mean... Yeah, they travel to the west side. I mean, they're smack dab in the center of the state. <laughs> like, they could just as easily travel to the west opposed going... You think, you think that um, you think that metros would be willing to drive through Seattle traffic on a Friday to get to Royal City? <laughs> that, you know, that's you got, you got a point there. But also, like... I mean, shoot, go up to the four. Like, it's not like the four A teams. Like, yes, there are good teams out in the four A level on the. But like, do I, like a? Could oh Royal gosh, City be a four A team? 
Absolutely. a Davis or something. Yeah, like no. I, I think they could go out and beat a Davis. They would beat the crap out of Davis. They'd beat the crap out of uh, Eisenhower or West Valley or um, they probably have some. They probably have some trouble with Richland, but or or you know. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, isn't isn't the exposure to your players more important and and and, and, and them seeing legitimate the competition? The alternative of uh, of just constantly winning sixty to nothing against against competition to just. Really has yeah. no chance. Well, I'll tell you right now, they don't have the money to move up. I mean, it's it's at the end of the day, it's still uh, How, rat but tag. What, what does that up? have to do with money? You know, <laughs> like that the classification has to do with the number of students. I, I'm just saying, man. Some of those uh, Ellensburg Sela schools have good training, good you know, much better, uh, much better funding, you know, better equipment. Yeah, better but they technology. don't have as good. They don't have as good of players. Yeah, they don't have the heart. And and, and I boy, think. See, they don't have the roster size either, Royal. To one A, one A championship teams produce guys who end up still living in Royal City and say, "Remember back in 2017, our championship." Who never go on and play college ball. Four A championship winners produce college football players. Yeah, like a lot of them for sure. Yes, and I think that's all the more incentive to try and say, "Hey, let's let's go try our hand in a, in a higher division." However, I don't think they can physically or. It's it's possible because of how many how few students they have. Uh, Central Washington still fighting for a playoff spot right now. They are the eight seed in uh, in their region. We we talked about this last week, right? Like how the super regions work, the top seven teams. Yeah, yes, from, we did. And I was I was talking to Riley this morning. He's in my technology class, and he told me that the two teams ahead of him right now, um, Texas A&M Commerce, and I believe um, Texas. It's another Texas school. They like eked out wins this week. Mm-hmm. But the committee's going. Well, they won, mm-hmm. and they're ahead of Central already. So we're just gonna we're not gonna move them down because because they, they only won by a few points. So they get one more chance. to obviously they will win, but they they get one more chance for those other seven teams to lose. And if that doesn't happen, Central Washington they just need will one. Not. Yep. Don't they just they just need one team to lose? But like we've been saying this for a few weeks now. They've needed one team to lose for like since like week six, and they don't do yeah. it. It's 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 amazing how seven of the top twenty teams in the country come from. Sorry, eight of the top 20 teams. I'll, I'll put it this way. Eight of the top 18. Because Central moved up to 18, and they're still the number eight seed right now. So mm-hmm. eight of the top 18 teams in the country reside in the same region. <laughs> well, we're, we're, po- we're pulling for them here at Washington Football Crunch. Yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping that uh, Minnesota State loses for the first time in two years in the regular season. But So, yeah, Central Washington. I don't want to see Riley play his last game. Don't want to see H- these, these Home seniors. of Adam Thielen, correct? Minnesota State. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And 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 it's it's not a, it's it's a honestly it's probably like an it's probably a D one double A program posing as an as a as a division two school because hmm. if they I think they got they, they got they got a good program over there right now. I mean, anytime you're just Minnesota State, you're not like Minnesota State Western Saint Paul. You're probably you're probably doing okay for yourself and yeah. Once once Adam Thielen gets that big contract, I'd like to see some of that money go back to get to get a Thielen field, get a New Jersey as well. It's a New yeah. <laughs> uh, Eric Barrier, he's the man. And if you don't know, now you know. He's the he's gonna be a new starting quarterback going forward. And uh, so far, so good. You know, he's uh, he's he's he got another win against Northern Colorado. And Eric Barrier is definitely yeah. uh, gonna be the guy. Uh, going forward so eastern washington they can't win the big sky right now but they can definitely earn at least half of it right now uh but going forward do you guys have anything uh, going on as far as your articles uh nothing really for football new for me just game previews weekly and then if something comes up but that's something luke that's not nothing that's 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 a a football preview coming out yeah i don't have really any you know kind of enterprise story if you will 
at least that I that I can share right now. But you know, Ooh. kind of the the the, the cornerstone coverage. Feature? No, I don't. <laughs> but uh, you know, kind of just like the cornerstone coverage stuff, and then obviously we'll be out in out in Boulder for uh, on Saturday, so that that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, oh, and then basketball season's around the corner too, yep. so we're going to start the coverage with uh, with basketball season. Washington State with an overwhelming uh, 138 uh, like 72 win against you know like New Hope Christian College or something is that who like they that. Played? Is, is that who they played? This yes, weekend? yes, I it is. To, I wanted to make. I just couldn't figure out how to do it. A joke about like Star Wars with them playing New Hope. New <laughs> that that would have been a good one. I, I don't. We'll we'll go to the drawing board with that one. Maybe next week we'll we'll have a good one. <laughs> a week a full week late. Central Washington played yeah. Gonzaga. Can you guys hear me right now? Okay. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, I, I saw that, I saw the. What was the Gonzaga thing? That Central Washington played Gonzaga in basketball. <laughs> Oof, man, it was a bloodbath. It could have been worse. Really? though. It could have been worse. It definitely. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely could have been worse. I mean, losing by forty, nothing, no shame in that. You know, you you, uh, you get a good you get a good paycheck out of it. You know. Yeah, especially I, to. I will a, say this on the record, that. Growing up, a Husky fan, there's not a single program that makes my blood boil more than Gonzaga basketball. <laughs> I despise Gonzaga basketball. They don't play them anymore. They do. They did like the last couple years, and they play them this year. They play. Okay. Oh, yeah, so they actually. They, yeah. Mark it down that's right. They, they the restarted that. By Thirty in the kennel in a month from the day that we're <laughs> wow. recording. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Hot take. Oh, you I heard it here first. Ugh. Yeah, that the basketball season coming I'd up. I cut right off now. my left hand. <laughs> so we got thirty in the kennel. Just don't cut off your right hand. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, basketball season coming up as well. That makes it one of the busiest times of the year for sports uh, with basketball, college football, and college basketball coinciding. And uh, got to keep up with it right now. Your next episode of Washington Football Crunch will be next Tuesday, uh, November thirteenth. For myself, Luke and Jackson, we're signing off. Thanks.